0: The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Over the line, Orr, throws it, he's in. A backhand with a save by Tony Esposito. Stan Mikita was a, a small guy, very cocky in those days. A right hand by Langerson, and he flat not let down. Magnuson trying to tear his hair out. NBC Chicago's James Navo. Perfect picked Odyssey Chicago hockey insider Jay Zawaski. No more. Hawks win. Hawks win again. Chris Jellios in overtime. Part of Blue Wire Podcast. Came off the boards. He shoots his guard down to the Tames. A game winning goal. The Hawks live to fight another day. Falling back, so full drives. Getting fresh score! The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Chicago's going to be in last place forever. You got to break Triple Threat Sports, Fry the Coop, and by the in Law Group, Let's Drop the Puck. Welcome in, friends. This
1: is the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago, and with me, as always, is the one and only Jay Zawoski of Odyssey, of WBBM, of the I'm Fat Podcast, and Jay... The last time the Blackhawks went to Winnipeg, they lost 5-1 to and got their head coach fired. I would venture to say that tonight's outcome was slightly better as they defeated the Winnipeg Jets 3-1. to
2: It was a lot better. I enjoyed this game more. Of course, the outcome of the last loss was better. Overall, for the for the wellness of the Blackhawks hockey program, uh Jeremy Cowell was fired. So that was probably better than just like a meaningless win in uh, February. But hey, a win's a win, especially uh Winnipeg coming off a really nice win against the Predators uh, had all the momentum on their side, as the is the <laughs> folks like to say. Um, but yeah, Hawks maybe didn't deserve to win, but they did. That's what matters. And there we are. So thanks for joining us. Follow us on all of our social media channels. We're at Madhouse Pod on Twitter, Madhouse underscore Pod on Instagram, Madhouse Hockey Pod on Facebook. We've got our Patreon. We've got our T Public Shop. All that great stuff. So make sure you check that out. Everything Madhouse Pod you could find in the link in our social media bios. Very easy to find. So do that. So yeah, Hawks win three to one. Uh, you're never going to guess the three Black Hawks that scored. <laughs> Patrick Kane, uh, Alex sh- debrinkit and Brandon Hagel. There you go. There you McKenzie have it. <laughs>
1: Mackenzie Entwistle didn't score a goal.
2: No. Can you believe it?
1: I am shocked. And, uh, shocked br- and appalled, I'd say.
2: Somehow, Brett Connolly didn't get a, get a goal either. <laughs> By the way, speaking of Brett Connolly, not to already get off track on the podcast here, but has there ever been a, le- like a less impactful player? Like We talk about in baseball replacement level. Yeah. I think Brett Connolly is the very definition of replacement level. Where he's yeah, you, not...
1: w- you want to talk in a guy who literally got thrown into a contract to make or into a trade to make money work. Yes, and then spent the first chunk of the season down in Rockford, and I didn't really think the Blackhawks uh, missed him all that much. And uh, if we're being honest, I barely noticed him on the ice yeah. at all tonight. You look at his uh, stat line; he had a shot on goal, a minus one rating, and he played nine minutes and. I honestly can't think of a single thing that he actually did the entire game.
2: How about the entire season? <laughs> he's just out there. It's he's he's you, just, know, he do a you know how many points
1: he has this season, by the way, zero. He has to right? No, like, he's I got zero points. I was he, gonna say I I didn't even look, but I had a feeling he had zero. That is so. correct.
2: He has zero points. Boy. Um, here you know what he is. You ever play like um like a game like Skyrim or even like Grand Theft Auto? The non-playable characters. Like yep. they, they're, they're just kind of there to be there. And, and now and again, you can interact with them and they'll say, Hey, you can't walk there. You know, that's kind of their, their whole purpose. That's Brett Connolly. He he's is a, a non, guy. He's a non-playable character. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, you, you want to talk about some guys who are actually relevant to the outcome of the game? Tonight? Yes, please.
2: Let's do that. And, and of course, there's a lot to get to in this show. We're not just going to do this game. We're going to talk about the story that came out today from Frank Saravelli saying that the Hawks have gotten offers for Brandon Hagel that include a first-round pick and a prospect. That really uh, took over Twitter today. And Patrick Kane sort of chiming in on wanting to maybe be involved in uh, some roster decisions. And I don't know how realistic that is, but something to talk about as well. So, uh, look, this game, you can't be upset about it, right? Like, it's just they won, so that's great, obviously. But... This is just where they are now, and you just kind of hope that they have solid games and solid performances that that you can build off of, right? And and you right. hope that some of your younger players can start to take a leap. and I, And I want to say, and, and a guy we've talked about a ton this year is Kirby Doc. I thought he had a pretty strong game. I liked his game in this one. Um, you know, I I, th- I think he's just starting to. I don't want to, I'm not going to say anything like crazy. Like, oh, he's starting to figure it out. He's turned a corner. Ah, I don't know about that. I'm just seeing him make more of an impact game to game to game. He doesn't have any, it seems like those games where he's a non-factor are fewer and further between.
1: Yeah, that has definitely been the case. Um, Especially the last four or five games, I've really started to kind of see uh, Kirby Doc playing with a little bit more confidence. I thought that play that he made on, Uh, Patrick Kane's goal the goal that he got an assist on tonight was a really good uh, smart hockey play drove the net screened the goalie allowed Kane to kind of pick his spot on that rush and I thought it was a really good high IQ play and one that we really need Kirby Doc to make a lot more of I know that we've kind of uh, we've said some things on this podcast about him kind of being a step slow, maybe overthinking some things. That was a great instance in which he didn't overthink it. There's one goal in that situation, and that is to distract the goalie, essentially, and to give Patrick Kane an opportunity there. And he got to the front of the net, did what he needed to do, got the assist there, Um, as we've mentioned, has had several good games in a row. And there's a lot of questions that are going to have to be answered with Kirby Docs, starting when Jonathan Taves. Uh, comes off the injured list with the uh, concussion there's some speculation that Doc might get bumped out to the wing spot when that happens and I'm honestly curious to see what happens with that and I'm also curious to see if that has any impact on the way that Kirby Doc has been playing lately because I'm not sure I'd want to kind of screw with the the mojo too much if he's going to be playing that well.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. And I know the idea is, well, you know, he's getting slaughtered in face-offs. He only took four face-offs in this game, won one, lost three. That's good for 25% if you're not a math major, uh, which obviously isn't good. And the Hawks as a team just got pasted 62% to 38%. um, Even like Ryan Carpenter and Dylan Strom had bad nights. And those guys are usually somewhat at least decent. Um, But here's the thing. I think Doc is a center. The way he plays the game is is in the style of a center where you mentioned it. He's starting to drive the net. He's starting to be more effective in front. You know, he, he's becoming more of an all-around kind of a player. And I don't know if simply because he's struggling at face-offs, I want to take him out of the center position. I don't know. I, I just, I don't like him on the, on the boards. I like him in front. I, and I know wingers can go get in front of the net, of course. But Charm. I sort of like him playing in the middle of the ice. That that's the benefit of his size. He obviously has the the skill set too. Now it's just a matter of putting everything together and finishing now and again. But I, I don't know. I, I I get it. I see why they're thinking about it. And, and Derek King even went as far as to say that might happen today, moving him to wing. But I'm just kind of I don't know. I I want look. This season's they're not going to make the playoffs, right? You've right. got to give these guys a chance to prove themselves either worthy or unworthy in many different ways, and that includes Kirby Dock being an NHL center. I think you just play him there until he proves he can't, and the only thing that's showing to me that he can't be a center is the face-off ability.
1: Right. I mean, his defense, I think, is solid enough, wouldn't you say? I don't think that he is a liability in the middle of the ice. I wonder how difficult it would be to have – (laughs) as stupid as this may sound, to literally just have him not take the face off on a given play and then just move to the center spot for defensive or offensive purposes. I wonder how difficult that would be to potentially execute, and if that's a little too onerous to kind of – you know, make work. I I would obviously want something that's kind of workable there, but I'm just looking for ways to kind of keep him in the middle of the ice in instances in which it benefits him and benefits the team.
2: Well, it's not that hard because centers get tossed all the time, and they get right. tossed from the faceoff dot. It doesn't mean they're a winger for that shift. You just figure it out. And of course, it's not ideal. Of course, you no. you'd want your your center to be your center all the time. But yes, it's certainly adjustable. And I think you know letting him take offensive zone faceoffs and and that sort of thing will help but but again i'm not just going to abandon a 21 year old or a 20 year old cuz he's struggling at faceoffs
1: and, right. and and just well i mean and it's all about like you said development we've got a to if there's going to be a guy on this team who conceivably would be here the next time that they're a playoff contender, Kirby Doc would seem to fit that bill. And if that's the case, then you do need to give him that kind of room to grow. And that's going to come with some pains.
2: Yep, absolutely. And I'm, at this point, you've got to be willing to live with those pains because like, what do you have to lose? And And we've been through this a lot, right? Like how important are face-offs really? Like, does it really matter that much in the course of a game? Like, look at this one. The Hawks won 38% of their face-offs and won 3-1, right? Like, ideally, of course, you'd like to win the face-off, but I think there have been studies done, I, I know for a fact there have been studies done, that sort of say, well, it's maybe not as important as you think it might be. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't want to move him to wing yet. Look, if, if it goes on like this for another year, where he just has no prayer anytime he takes a face off, then maybe you've got to consider things. But you said it. Like I think, look, he's not Jonathan Taves, he's not Patrice Bergeron, he's not Anze Kopitar defensively, but he's adequate, right? And and there's signs that he's improving at that as he fills into his body and as he right. gains experience and he and plays tougher shifts against tougher opponents. The game's gonna come along. And and I think for a lot of us we sort of got spoiled by the very fa- – it wasn't even really development. Like Patrick Kane and Jonathan Daves came into the league and were stars right away. And I think there were a couple other guys like that too for the Hawks, and it just it just doesn't usually work that way. It takes guys time to develop and grow into their bodies and, and grow into their games. And it's it's pretty rare that, that a player becomes a star overnight. And we've talked about this several times this year. You look at Capo Caco – and uh, who was the number one pick in that draft? I always get those those drafts mixed up. But the, the point is, like that those guys have not really skyrocketed to superstardom either. It takes time, and you got to be patient. And I don't think moving Kirby Doc to wing right now accomplishes anything. I really don't.
1: It was Jack Hughes, by the Thank way, you. was yes. the number one pick in that draft. I always um, get that
2: one and the Lafreniere one mixed up
1: yes i think lafreniere was the, the year ne- after yes right? he
2: was the next year right yeah the COVID
1: draft the one that took place in what like october i think it was the very
2: jeff gorton very excited about the first pick <laughs> just like like sleep drool coming out of his mouth well, he was so unenthused <laughs>
1: it's like homer on the uh cr- crazy uh pepper in that one yeah. simpsons episode <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> um Uh, Let's talk. Let's talk about a few other guys. I know the Kirby Dot conversation is you know really impactful, really important for the future. But there are a couple of other guys who I think are at least giving themselves a fairly solid argument of maybe being kept around for maybe not you know long term. This guy's going to help you win hockey games, kind of dude. But guys that you might be willing to keep around even as you kind of sell off some other pieces. And one of the guys that kind of comes up in that you know, vain to me, uh, the way he's been playing since the Blackhawks acquired him is Sam Lafferty. I've really been impressed by a lot of things that he's done with his game. He had, uh, I believe, four shots on goal tonight, had a couple of block shots tonight. That dude plays with a pretty serious edge. He plays with some surprising speed honestly like I always notice him hustling very Brandon Hagelish in that way where he's usually noticeable in a good way and he's not going to fill up the score sheet with a bunch of goals and assists but I think that that's a guy that you know deserves a lot of credit for how hard he's played since the Blackhawks acquired him and he's not a guy that I would mind you know maybe seeing stick around for a little bit just to kind of see what they can develop him into
2: I agree and I was Pretty wrong about that when they traded for him. I'm like, oh God, here we go with another uh, you know, another plugger who's not gonna amount to anything. He has been good and he has been a, a positive uh effect, has had a positive effect on the team. You said it four shots on goal, two more shot attempts, two block shots. He won sixty percent of his faceoffs, one three, lost two. Um, yep. but one of the few Hawks uh, over fifty percent. Yeah, I, I've been really pleased with his game and look at I mean I think, and we're going to get into it here a little bit later, like there, there is truly no untouchable on the Blackhawks, but uh, that's a guy who is cheap, is versatile. You know, he's yep. got the speed where he can play. I mean, he's not a top six forward on any sort of team that matters. Of course right? Not. But no. in a pinch, you could put him there because he's got at least the speed to keep up with some top, top six kind of guys. He provides physicality, which the Hawks, you know, they, they lack. They're getting a little better in that category, but – Yeah, I've been really impressed with his game so far. Uh, And yeah, he seems to be, of course, if someone's going to give you a second or third round pick, you might think about it, but I've been pretty pleased with how he's played uh, since coming over from Pittsburgh in the Alex Nylander trade.
1: Yep. Never forget Alex Nylander. How's he been doing with the uh, Penguins, by the way? I don't know. Do you know? (laughs) I have not. I have not given him a second thought since they traded him, and I haven't really... Uh, seen his name pop up, so I'm guessing he's not uh, tearing the league apart.
2: Uh, he is in uh, the AHL. He has 15 points in 19 games. With not, the, not bad. With the well, baby penguins.
1: The Wilkes-Bar Scranton penguins, is that still the? That's them. Oh, there you go. See? Yep. I know a couple of AHL affiliates. Speaking of which, let's talk about the Coyotes' new arena.
2: Oh, boy.
1: God, <laughs> the money, it seems like a money laundering operation at this point. I mean, what other explanation can you come up with for their continued existence? I,
2: I hope they figure it out, man. There's a lot of Me good too. hockey fans in, in, in Phoenix, Ugh. and it's just.
1: You you know, it comes from a place of annoyance that I really want them to succeed. Oh, yeah. And. It's just, it's such a weird thing. And I know the LA Chargers did this in LA before uh, SoFi Stadium, which, you know, shone brightly on the national stage last night. Before that stadium got built, they were playing in an MLS facility in Los Angeles. I, I really hope that something awesome comes down the pipe for the Coyotes and they can finally gain a foothold in that market. But, watching them walk through that arena and acting like it was the coolest thing that's ever happened. How long can the NHL honestly allow that to keep going?
2: Yeah. It's at some point you just got to admit it's not working out. You know, it's, I mean, like if, if someone was going to invest in the coyotes and build them a big arena or upgrade some arena that's already exists, would it have happened by now? You would think, yeah, it's just, I don't know. You know, Gary Bettman is always the first guy to admit he's wrong. (laughs) Um, it's (laughs) well, to to be fair, this is like the
1: weirdest kind of way he's handled a potential relocation. Everybody else. He's pretty much been, yeah, get the thrashers out of Atlanta. Yeah. Get the Nordiques out of Quebec. Yeah. Get the whalers out of, you know, Hartford this, he has just dug in his heels. And for whatever reason he has decided Phoenix needs to have a hockey team. And as I've said, I'm biased. I like them being there. I like being able to go to Coyotes games, but it's just it's so strange, man.
2: Yeah, it's it's weird. It's uh, I'm gonna. I'll tell you. This, I'll tell you this though. I'm gonna tune into the first game of that stadium. I'm gonna watch it. Hell yeah, it's gonna be very interesting to see. Um, but yeah, here's hoping they figure it out. But I don't know. In five years, are the Coyotes in uh, Phoenix? Are they in Arizona? Uh, I probably think not.
1: Hell, I would have said. If you asked me at the beginning of the season if they would have been there next year, I would have said no. I mean, what else can you say at this point? It just it seems like they're, they're not cats, but they seem to have nine lives.
2: No doubt. Yeah, we'll see what it brings, man. It's a, it's a very interesting thing to keep an eye on. I just don't know how quickly you can give another market a team like that they'd be ready to go for. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of... Yeah. That would take some time to get done, I would think. So I don't know. Interesting, to, interesting thing to keep an eye on.
1: I'm I'm honestly shocked they didn't temporarily move them to Houston or Kansas City or something. Is that is the three thousand seat arena really like the best alternative there?
2: I can't imagine that's the best alternative. At least like let them tour around and and I don't know do like the split market thing like the Rays were trying to do with Montreal. Yeah. And that got shot down by Major League Baseball. But I don't know. Figure something out. Give Hartford some games. Give Quebec some games and see if they come. And if they come, then you consider. I don't know. It's just it's an ugly situation. I feel bad for the Coyotes players. I feel really bad for Coyotes fans. Um, Let's hope it works out anyway.
1: Anyway, we have other future stuff to talk about. We got. Blackhawks trades to talk about. Yes, we
2: do. Let's let's do this. I'm gonna tell everybody about our friends at Fry the Coop and frythecoop.com. The best damn Nashville hot chicken on the planet. oaklawn Elmhurst, Westtown, Prospect Heights, Tinley Park, and coming soon to Darien. You're gonna want to try that Nashville hot chicken because it is the best in the damn world, and that is no lie. Go to frythecoop.com. Check out their menu. You can place your order online or you can dine in. Whatever tickles your fancy. They've got craft beer. If you do choose to dine in, James, I have one of those chicken versus unicorn beers in my fridge for you, waiting to give it to you next time I see you.
1: Oh, I need, I need.
2: (laughs) So we'll make that happen very soon. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. We come back. Yep, the trade deadline is slowly approaching, but it is approaching. We had a trade happen in the league today, and we had a certain Blackhawks name mentioned in some rumors. We'll tell you all about it next on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. (sighs)
1: Welcome back in. This is the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We've been talking about all sorts of fun stuff. A Blackhawks win, a small Coyotes arena, and now it's future talk time. And we are talking about trade rumors involving an unexpected guy, I would think. Brandon Hagel apparently has been drawing some interest on the uh, trade market. According to uh, Frank Saravalli, he apparently has been the subject of trade discussions and a team offered a first round pick and prospects and potentially more for him. What would you think of something like that?
2: I'm definitely listening if they're offering a first round pick. And for me, I want to be clear. I'm not trying to trade Brandon Hagel. Like, that's not something I'm looking to do. I think he's really effective. Um, I don't know how much better he's going to get than he is right now. I think we're, you know, maybe slightly. But I don't think where he's going to become like a 30-goal kind of a guy. I just don't see that skill set from him. But for everything he does on this team, he's got value. But if someone's willing to give you a first-round pick, you have to at least consider that, especially if it's a team that's going to be in the top 15. You know, if you're talking, you know, 20 or later – all right, you know, you could probably say, is is this 20th overall pick going to turn out to be a player as good as Brandon Hagel? What are the odds, right? And that's where the scouts come in. How deep right. is the draft? What do we think we can get in that sort of a spot? And that I think, you know, someone says a first round pick was offered. Well, if it's going to be, you know, the 30th pick of the first round, eh, you know, you, you kind of balk at that. But you've got to listen. I think, I mean, obviously it goes for every player on the Blackhawks. Honestly, for me, not named Alex to bring it. But if someone's giving you a first and a prospect, like I know that people are looking at Brandon Hagel as a big part of the rebuild, and and maybe they should, right? I think he's a valuable player, like I said. But first-round picks can help you rebuild too. Mm -hmm. The thing is, we don't know who the GM is. We don't know what the GM's philosophy is. And, you know, who knows? How good of a drafter is the GM? So if it was Stan Bowman, I think a lot of us would be like, Nah, we'll keep Brandon Hagel because Bowman hasn't shown a ton of success in drafting first rounders, you know, so maybe you'd be a little more hesitant, but we don't know. We don't know who they're even going to bring in. So here's the bottom line. I'm listening. I'm definitely not rushing Brandon Hagel out the door. And keep in mind, sometimes these things can can surface because maybe the Hawks want to sweeten the pot a little bit or putting some things out there like, hey. They're offering a first-round pick and a prospect thinking maybe a team will give him two first-round picks or something right. like that. Who knows? But I'm not looking to trade him, but I'm also not hanging up the phone right away.
1: No, I and I certainly think that would be a mistake, but I think it also it, – it, it shines a spotlight on – a couple of things. The first, the biggest thing is they need to get a GM installed. If they're already getting these types of offers for guys like Brandon Hagel, they absolutely need somebody in that chair who is definitively the guy and is going to be the guy that's going to carry through this rebuild, whatever they're going to have to do to, you know, get these prospects, you know, churn churning out more prospects, uh, getting better players to NHL contracts, whatever it is, they need to get that person in the building ASAP so that they can handle these types of decisions. And I'm with you. I, I love Brandon Hagel. He has been – a delight since he got here we've talked up his game a thousand times I think that about the only person in this city that's a bigger Brandon Hagel fan than we are is Russ Dorsey um yes he is (laughs) (laughs) but I I just I look at this and I think to myself exactly what you thought which is first round pick and a prospect for Brandon Hagel color me interested that is a really solid return on a guy whose ceiling I'm pretty sure we're close to seeing I don't really see him developing too far beyond what he is right now and what he's what he is right now is fine and he's gonna be a second or a third line guy on a contending team but that's not the type of guy that you really take great pains to keep around for the next time you happen to be good I don't feel like I think that I trust the Blackhawks to develop a guy like that. We've talked about the fourth line farm often yes. at length. And I will say that they could potentially, you know, draft a guy or sign a guy that could do some of the things that Hagel does. And again, I'm not rushing him out of town. I don't, you know, want Brandon Hagel to be traded, but if those are the kind of offers that you're getting I think the Blackhawks would be crazy not to give that a very serious uh, look, and I also, again, would say they need to get the GM hired so that they can make that decision uh, ASAP, because the quicker that you know, you get that trade market developed, the odds are you get a little bit better of a deal because you get the player from more time this season. Just get, get somebody in there to make those types of choices.
2: I think another thing that, much like we discussed with the draft pick, too, that needs to be clarified is the word Prospect. Is a very broad term. Lucas Reichel is a prospect. So is yes. Mike Hardman. It's not the same thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, it, yeah. So let me know what kind of prospect we're, like, if it, if it just happens to be a guy who's not in the NHL yet, technically that's a prospect. But is it a prospect that matters, right? So that, right. that that's sort of a different thing, too. And I do think, look, there's no need to rush this. What needs to be rushed though
1: is the GM job.
2: Yes. Like okay, yeah. we haven't seen a new name surface since last week, right? Correct. It's time to make a hire, man. It's got to be this week or next. I like, I don't I don't know what they're waiting for. At some point you got to make a move here. Like
1: I got I got no clue, man.
2: You've got just over you are literally a month and a week away from the NHL trade deadline. And it's very this is a crucial deadline. You've got some pieces that can bring some things back for you. You need this new GM to decide is this something I can fix or is this a complete rebuild, right? Is it or is it time to start selling assets for as much as we can get back for it? Those questions need to be answered like yesterday, right? Like yeah. I I, I truly feel like this announcement should come this week. I have no information on whether it will or not, but It's time like the due diligence has been done. You've got your team going with Sharpie and Hosa and and old check and and Danny and and Jamie. You've talked to your candidates. I haven't seen a new name come out in quite some time. It's time to crap or get off the pot, right? It's time to make the move here. And look, if it's Kyle Davidson, you let him know and say, all right, you're our guy. Do it. You are fully empowered to make the moves you want to make including trading Brandon Hagel or whoever get to it. Cause I do think right now Davidson, while they say he's got full power, you know, that as a guy who just interviewed for the job, he's not going to make a move right now that could jeopardize whether or not he gets that job. Right. If he, (laughs) if he trades Brandon Hagel and then Danny words is like, Ooh, I didn't like that. Now I'm not hiring him. You know what I mean? Like, Davidson has to kind of be waiting to see what happens for the GM job before he makes a move. And, and for him, that's probably wise, but they've got to get this this role filled quickly.
1: What would be really funny is if the name leaked out of whoever it is that they're going to hire. And then in, an, in, a, in a final act of spite, <laughs> Kyle Davidson traded <training> in somebody. <laughs> Sounds yes. like
2: a movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, it, it, that, that would be just like out of spite. Oh, you're not going to hire me? Fine. I just traded Alex to break it for a third-round pick. Alex Nylander's back. Well, isn't that what Bill Belichick did with Jimmy
1: Garoppolo? He was, like, ticked off at Robert Kraft for some reason and just was like, you know what? I'm trading Garoppolo for nothing. Screw you guys. I'm out of here. Yeah,
2: seriously. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, but I I don't know. All right, let's set an over-under. Today is February 14th. February Valentine's Day-wise. Oh, you too. You too, James. You're my forever Valentine um february 21st do the hawks have a new gm
1: yes i think it happens i'm gonna say the 18th is when they'll do the hire
2: all right i'm gonna say i'm gonna say yeah it's i think it will happen this week that's my guess and again this is based on nothing this is just
1: no sourcing no nothing just good old-fashioned bullshit that's right um all right so- put that on a bumper sticker that's our <laughs> podcast uh motto right our new there. our
2: new t-shirt <laughs>
1: good old-fashioned bullshit
2: <laughs> all right one more thing i want to get to today and this was written by uh, mark lazarus um and i want to say out of just to be clear you should read this You're on your own on the athletic we're not going to read you the whole thing but he went to patrick kane and said hey would you like to have input on roster moves and patrick kane For those of you that don't know, if you're like just fans of the game and you don't really read out all the off ice stuff, a lot of people believe that someday Patrick Kane is going to be a GM. He is a student of the game. He knows every team's lineup. He knows every team's player. He is as plugged in as any NHL player I've ever covered in my life. And I do think that a management job is in his future. Maybe the Hawks will hire him. Maybe he'll be Reggie Dunlop. And the Hawks will hire him to be GM slash right wing. <laughs> I don't know. But um, he was sort of asked, like, would you like to have input in the process? He said, yes. But what stood out to me, and you should read this because it's it's really good. It, like players don't usually like to step out on stuff, but he steps out strong in support of Dylan Strom. And just saying, like, it's very clear when Dylan Strom is given the opportunity to play that he's an effective player. Like, Patrick Kane flat out said that, and I don't know if that's a criticism of Jeremy Colleton or Derek King earlier on or whatever, but for an NHL player, think about NHL players. They say nothing. Yeah. Nothing. For Patrick Kane to say, look, everyone knows that if Dylan Strom plays, he's effective, that, to me, is meaningful, and I don't know. I don't know what kind of impact it's going to have on current GM or future GM or whatever, but it's kind of cool to think about these guys after hockey, and like, I think a lot of people think Jonathan Taze will probably be a coach, and the Patrick Kane is GM thing is something I hadn't really thought about until today, but Lazarus wrote about it, that a lot of players in the league think that that is absolutely in his future.
1: Yeah, and there were there were several things that stood out in Lazarus's piece, and like Jay, I'd encourage you to... Uh, read it for sure, but the Strome thing definitely stood out. I also, I really thought it was interesting when Mark said, one glimmer of hope for Blackhawk fans is Patrick Kane sounds, sounds like a guy who not only expects to be in Chicago for the long haul, but wants to be. So you're not going to give a voice to a guy who potentially isn't going to be re signed by the organization. And of course, they're going to allow the new GM to decide whether or not he wants to re sign Patrick Kane after this season. He only has the one year left on his deal. I, I would find that very. Interesting if Kane is like, look, I know I could go somewhere else, potentially, you know, win a Stanley Cup in another market, go home, play in Buffalo, whatever. I'm fascinated if the reality is that Patrick Kane just wants to retire a Blackhawk and takes a deal to stay here, maybe gives a little bit of a discount since his last two deals were such high money, high cap hit contracts. I find that idea to be fascinating, and if Patrick Kane wants to stick around and thinks that they could turn it around quickly enough to become a contender again before he retires and is willing to sign a contract to kind of help expedite and make that process faster, that's awesome to me and more power to him if he does.
2: I also think about the know, like kind of the handshake agreement, like, all right, here's a deal. We're going to sign you for a little bit less. You know, you probably want to play for two, three more years. You have nothing else to accomplish in your career aside from the counting stats, right? Like you want to maybe be the Hawks all-time winning scorer. I don't, I don't know if he'll catch Stan. He's going to catch Bobby, but yeah. it might it's going to be tough to catch Stan. But he, he could do it if he plays long enough. And then look, at the end of your contract, at the end of your career, as soon as you retire, you've got a job here for life, right? Like we're going to hire you to do something in the front office. You'll be assistant to the GM or whatever, uh, maybe we'll start you off as an ambassador, but you're a hawk for life if you want to be. Um, so, Hey, you help us out here. We're going to help you out for the rest of your life. And I think that that Tim, if that was me, that's very appealing to know that whatever I do, I'm going to be taken care of by the Blackhawks, right? Like yeah. they've got something in, in store for me in my future. And that might let me or encourage me to stick around for a few extra years to see through to the next era of Blackhawks hockey. Cause look, they're not going to win with him here, right? But I don't think it's harmful for him to be on the team as long as no. the cap hit does not preclude you from bringing back Alex to bring or players you really right. want. And I think, as we just said, as, as a student of the game and someone with GM in his future, he knows what his contract does to the roster, right? Yep. And I think when, when things come up in the offseason and new contracts are discussed, He's going to have to sort of recognize that, and, and I think he will. And just for the record, he's got one year left after this one at $10.5 So he'll be eligible for a new contract in July. Uh, July of 23. He's got one year left after this season. Right. He's going to be
1: eligible for
2: a oh, new contract yes, extension yes, yes. Yes. Right. a year out from the expiration of your deal. Yes, thank you. Yes, I was I was mishearing you. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's fine. It's okay.
2: <laughs> so we'll see I mean I'm I'm really interested to see what the future holds for him and you know Taves is in the same boat and I don't know if he would be as agreeable to something like that and look I don't know if Patrick Kane is either Patrick Kane might say no screw you I'm the oh best yeah player that's and, you know I don't
1: want to base it on solely on what Mark Lazarus you know said I mean it's the discussion remains ongoing I'm sure but if Patrick Kane is wanting to have some input on uh, the, the hire of the GM and his offering opinions of the type that he did when it comes to Dylan Strom, he clearly has designs on being with the Blackhawks longer term than just next season.
2: Well, here's the thing too. And you know, as we sort of daydream about what the future holds here, he could still get traded to a contender, finish out his contract and come back, or he could go play five more years in another market, then still come back and be hired by the Blackhawks wherever he goes. He'll be remembered as a Blackhawk. He's not going to be uh, St. Louis Blues uh, doer right? Like that's just not how it's going to go. He will always be a Blackhawk because everything he's accomplished in his career has been as a Blackhawk. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that. Well, for him to get a job at the team, he must stay a Blackhawk. That's not. That's not the case. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It's going to be really interesting to see how these c- contracts and the, how the careers end. For Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, especially because
1: I guess before we start getting to contracts, we need to have a person to offer them (laughs) said contracts. (laughs) Yes.
2: And hear what they think about the Blackhawk's future. Right? Like (laughs) yeah. And when they have that introductory press conference, whenever that might be, we'll get a we'll get a vision into that. And
1: I'm actually And hopefully and hopefully no yelling by the owner.
2: Yeah. yeah, Put him in mothballs, please. I'm I'm also curious to hear I've been trying to listen to Eddie O for like context clues but he's really good at not giving them, <laughs> you know? There hasn't been <laughs> he's much. He's sneaky, yeah. There was a little thing in this game where they were talking about the numbers, and he's like, look, you can think about all the numbers you want. You watch the game, you see what happens, uh, and and your eyes are not deceiving you, regardless of what the numbers say. So that was a little bit of a peek into Eddie uh old school philosophy. Um, I don't know, I'm really interested, and hopefully by the end of the week we have an answer. I'm gonna do some digging tomorrow, and see if I can get at least a timeline on when they might be looking to make a hire, because it better be soon. A month from the deadline, you need someone to spend some time evaluating your roster and what's available around the league. All right, before we wrap up, I want to tell you about our buddy, Kent Simpson of the Simpson Law Group. If you missed our last episode, go back and listen. Really great stuff from Kent. After over a decade of prosecuting homicide cases, as an Assistant Cook County State's Attorney, Kent opened his own firm over 20 years ago, specializing in all forms of personal injury cases. His firm's results speak for themselves, with millions recovered for their clients. Sinsin Law Group charges no fees unless they win for you, so call for a free consultation, 312-332-2107, or visit SinsonLawGroup.com. Don't go off Go top shelf. Call now. That's SinsonLawGroup.com. From my partner, James Naveau, I'm Jay Zawoski. We'll talk to you very soon on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.
0: The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Fry the Coop, Triple Threat Sports, and by the in Law Group. I'm Amira Rose Davis, historian and co-host of the sports podcast, Burn It All Down. And now I'm hosting the new season of American Prodigy, all about black girls in gymnastics. For the last 40 years, black gymnasts have moved from the margins to the core of the sport and changed gymnastics along the way. Now, they tell their stories. You'll meet trailblazers like Diane Durham, superstars like Jordan Childs, and everyone in between. Listen to American Prodigies on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.